Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. ready for women's football. This is Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and we have a great week for you today. So today is episode 1835. This is airing December 19th, 2018. We have a lot of information to share with you, a lot of stuff to go over, and I'm super excited. So real quick, I'm going to give you the disclaimer. Uh, again, my name is Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. Not only do I participate in women's football as a business owner and other businesses, but I am also an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. Any of the information I provide here or on the blog or on the website or with our e-materials, digital or print materials, is considered business information only. It does not create an attorney-client relationship between us. If you have an issue that you need to seek legal advice, seek out an attorney in your jurisdiction with experience in the type of law you have an issue in. So again, real quick, episode 1835, December 19th. So last week, um, I did not post a radio show. We skipped last week for a couple reasons. One, we had our grandson on the 10th of of December. And we also had our daughter graduate from UACCM with an associate's degree in accounting. Shout out to Victoria. And then we just, two days ago, the the week is kind of blending together, but our other daughter, Chastin, graduated from Colorado State University with a degree in psychology. So um, everybody's doing good. We're super excited. Um, grandson is Logan Solomon. Um, he is just the cutest little angel you ever did see. And we are so happy to have a Christmas baby. So that is going to be really exciting for us because if Christmas wasn't already exciting, now it's even more um, crazy around our house. Anyway, so I want to do a shout out really quick to Fishbowl Radio. I want to do a shout out to Javier. I want to do a shout out to Prima Water. and um, we have several sponsors coming up here in the next couple of weeks, so I'm excited about that. Um, we try to kind of hold off on sharing our sponsors so we can get them out there in, in a um, regular, succinct manner. So um, for those people in women's football, I'm going to talk about a couple things today. So we're going to kind of talk about some sponsors. Um, we're also going to talk about some teams that are kicking butt and taking names. And then I'm gonna go back a little bit on business planning and what your team needs to be doing right now. We're also gonna talk about the WFA schedule. 
and what we need to do about that. So real quick, I'm gonna get over, I'm gonna go over here first. Okay, so we talked about business planning a lot in women's football because there's just nothing out there. Um, I'm putting stuff out there in a just-in-time manner. So a lot of teams are working on their business planning and I'm sharing with the WFA teams this week a full template for their business plan. So super excited about that. Um, and that's just more of a guide as opposed to a lockstep what you have to do. Each of the teams needs to um, set up their business plan or mold their business plan into something that is them. You cannot um, take a business plan off the internet and cookie cutter your way through it unless you're going to alter it in some way because the way you run your business and the way your business is working is going to be completely different, okay? So we'll talk a little bit about that. And I've talked about um, business planning before on the Women's Football Success. I had did a part one and a part two, and I kind of did all of the elements of a business plan, and then I added the nine exclusive components that I use for all my consulting for super small businesses, which essentially women's football is a super small business. So the nine extra elements or components that I put in there that nobody else does are my creation and they work towards making successful businesses and will work towards making a successful women's football team. So real quick, let's get back here. <laughs> I've got a lot of things going on here on my computer. The first thing I wanted to talk about is I'm going to get into the Women's Football Alliance schedule. Now, I'm not sharing the schedule with you today. That's um, set for something else completely different, and that's not my, that's not what I do. So there's word out there, Women's Football Alliance schedule is out. That's true. It always is true. Um, it's, done, it's happened like this every year um, since I don't know when. What typically happens um, with the Women's Football Alliance and with a lot of other organizations is they put out a schedule, you know, they make a schedule and shout out to Lisa King because for those people that don't know how to do or don't know what it takes to make a schedule, doing that for 70 plus teams, let alone 12 teams is astonishing, okay? So shout out to Lisa King for taking on that task. Uh, but what happens is, is sometimes, you know, looking at it for hours, things get a little blurry or whatever. Sometimes you um, set up for teams to play different people that they're not supposed to play, whatever the case is. So what usually happens is the schedule is sent out to the owners. The owners look at it. They determine a couple things. If it is the teams that they usually play or they're supposed to play or whatever. And two, they check the scheduling availability. So some teams have issues with certain dates. So I'm not naming names of teams right now, but I remember years ago, there was a team in Kentucky that they always worked the um, the horse race, the big horse race. Um, and so that was a big fundraiser for them and it required them to work like all week, like six, seven days in a row. And so they would ask that they not play a game that week because they just didn't have time to prepare for it. Um, I know that that happened. I know that there's other teams, like for example, some of the Northern teams, and again, this is in the past, um, I don't know of any teams that are making requests or anything like that. So um, that's not what I'm getting at. But I know a lot of the teams up North, you know, because of snowfall and the temperatures, 
Um, sometimes they have difficulty um, getting stadiums that will allow them to be on the field. It's not that they want an extra bye week or whatever. It's because some stadiums say, no, we're not letting you play on this field because it has snow on it or whatever the case is. Typically, um, the high schools up there realize that and they do it all, all year long. So it's not this major big thing, right? But um, some schools look for reasons not to get women's football teams on their stadium. And this could be one of them. So anyway, so then though that information is usually sent back to Lisa King. People will call her um, and let her know this won't work or this will work or what happened here. And then the official schedule is kind of locked into place at that point. And then we put it out to the public. So hopefully that kind of gives you an idea of what happens there, okay? So with that being said, I'm gonna kind of move into not business planning as far as setting up a business plan, but as owners of teams, what their next step is. Now that you've gotten this schedule in your hand, the first thing that you're gonna to wanna to do is reach out to your team, to your particular stadium that you're gonna be working with and make sure that they have those dates available. This can cause a couple of different things. One, you may not um, be playing your games at the field because they don't have dates available. Um, and that's why this is done early in January for April, May, and June, because they might have a, uh, what we find a lot is a, a track tournament, like a track meet all going on where they have like 300 people, 300 children there from all over the, the town. Um, so, what you need to do now with that schedule is take it to the, the stadium that you plan to work with and see if it works. You have alternatives. You can either, either everything works out great, right? And they can take all your dates or they cannot take all your dates. You have an option there of either trying a new stadium or splitting your dates between two stadiums. Now I will let you know a piece of advice, a, a little tip. It's not your best. Um, it's not your best choice to pick splitting the stadiums because people get used to going to one stadium for your games, and then if they have to go to another place, especially if it's far off, um, you can lose some fans. Sometimes fans go to the wrong location um, because they're so used to going to the same. Now, if you put that out right now that two two games are going to be here or two games are going to be there. Um, then it's safe to say that all the people that uh, follow you on Facebook and everything would understand that you're going to be holding your games at two different stadiums. However, it might not work out that way. So, or depending on the length of travel and the amount of time and the amount of money it takes to get from one stadium to the other, um, I will share with you last year, um, we had plans to move, we had to go to another stadium for one game because there was a conflict and it was because of a baseball event that was happening on, not on the football field, but it was like, I guess it happened right behind our football field. So any fly balls would come over the stadium and knock people in the heads in our, in our stands. So they said that they don't do football at the same time as they do baseball. So we planned on moving it. Um, long story short, um, it, it didn't cause too much um, confusion 
um, comparatively speaking. So it worked out okay. But if you're in a situation like that, ideally you want to stick with one stadium for all of your games, if at all possible. Okay. The other thing that the schedule does for the owners um, is it allows you to start working on your final budget. So you should have set up kind of a budget from the budgets that I've given you in the past on the um, website. You don't have, if you haven't done that, it's not an end all be all. But I've provided you with a basic, intermediate, and advanced budget. So wherever you feel like your numbers are, you can use that budget or, or change it and alter it to what fits you. But what you wanna do now is determine based on your travel schedule, your home games, your away games, you're gonna make kind of a final master budget that includes all those official places that you're gonna go. Now, for example, a lot of times people are going between, do we take buses, do we take vans, do we take cars? Okay, so everybody wants to do buses, it's cool, people think that they deserve it, it's all wonderful, right? I get that. Um, if you can afford a bus, then go ahead and do a bus. Um, I tend to move towards vans, and for two reasons I do that. One, I don't feel like some teams are at the bus level yet because it changes your costs from like 500 to, well, it depends on where you're going, right? So uh, a van in the 500 to $700 range may be a bus in the 2000 to $3,000 range. So in women's football, if you are on a team that you're not yet making money or you're concerned about budgeting or people aren't paying player fees or you're not getting all the sponsors you want, then you may wanna hold back on buses and start working on vans, okay? So earlier in the year, I touched on buses. I did a little template, a picture, um, P PNG of buses versus vans versus personal vehicles. So we usually have a sit down with our players and or a voting system that talks about where they want to drive themselves to, where they want to get on a van, where they want to go on a bus, where they want to fly, etc. So for and I'm just going to give an example here because each of your teams is going to be different depending on where you're located. If you're in an area like say um, the Nevada, Denver, that Rocky Mountains area, the mountain area, a lot of their travel is a lot further per game, right? As opposed to, I'm trying to think, up in the Northeast where a lot of games are really close within two or three hours. Um, so each team is going to need to decide what they want to do. So for example, in years past, and again, I'm not talking about specifically today, but in generally our experience has been, uh, some people want to drive their cars. They want to drive their cars, either they can't stay down there, they can't go early enough on Friday, they can't stay overnight on Saturday, they need to work on Sunday morning, whatever the case is. Uh, so some people need to take their vehicles because they have to get back for work or children or whatever. Other people um, like to include their travel into a little vacation weekend. So uh, for us in Dallas, typically that's like an Austin trip 
and sometimes a Houston trip where people say, hey, I'm going to go down there. I have family down there. Um, I'm going to go down on Friday. I'm going to stay Saturday. I'm going to do the game. And then I'm going to stay Saturday night with my family and come back sometime on Sunday because I don't have to be to work till Monday, whatever the case is. Um, so that's an option. You need to determine fairly early how many of those people you have, right? Especially if you're thinking about going um, all the way up to a bus. If you have 40 players and 20 of them want to drive themselves there, then having 20 people on a large bus is not worth the money at all. Um, now, if you have where everybody wants to get on the bus or you make it mandatory to get on the bus and you have 50 players, then it's probably going to be worthwhile depending on where the travel is. But you need to weigh all of these options. And it's, again, like I said when I talked about the buses versus the vans versus the car, you are weighing apples to oranges, okay? Sometimes when you um, are doing a bus, it requires no overnight stay, but it might require an extra driver. They might charge you an extra driver because there's no overnight stay for that driver to sleep, and therefore the hours that he has on the road are too many, and so he has to get a second driver by the um, highway rules or whatever. The other option is, is that sometimes if you go down in vans or you go down in cars, then you have the money to pay for a hotel overnight after the game. Um, other options are some of the players have been playing a long time and they've become friends with people on the other team. So when the other team, if you're away, the other team might um, invite you to an after party um, that helps them with their sponsorship. So they tell the sponsor, hey, we're going to have our team come, but we'll probably have some of the other team come, and that helps them to get sponsorships, then some people might want to go to the after party with those friends that they've had for years. So there's various different ideas. Some teams require mandatory get on the bus, and they just do buses. Some teams do vans, um, and we come right home. Some teams do vans, and they stay at a hotel. Some teams do everybody drives themselves, and that's how it goes. Um, we typically, um, as part of the player fee, collect those fees and then redistribute them out for different um, travels. So, um, but with that being said, a lot of people think, oh, you know, let's give a scenario and some different examples of how owners might deal with this. So, for example, um, you tell the players that from, I don't know, Oklahoma City to Tulsa, um, there's no team in Oklahoma City, so you know this is a example scenario, but um, Oklahoma to Tulsa, um, everybody's going to drive their car and everybody that's paid their player fee on time is going to get $20 cash for their gas. So you put four, four girls go in one girl's car and that person is expecting to have $80 in cash, right? Because the driver plus her three um, passengers. So she's expecting $8 in cash, but two of them haven't paid their player fees, so two of them don't get the $20 back. So she's now got $20 and $40 for one of her passengers. Um, so you got to make sure that um, whatever the rule is or however you guys do that, or if you just don't even collect um, that as part of the player fees and make that additional to the player fees, that's up to you. Um, so I just wanted to share with you guys several different scenarios, but ultimately um, the women's football Alliance owners um, and the support staff right now should be working on what we call 
here the final master budget of for travel home and away expenses and that really locks in where what you have uh, in the till what things you need to cover and gets you started also on your coaching situation i'm just going to touch on that a little bit i'm getting my diet pepsi i'm not sure if you can hear i'm in downtown at my office here and sometimes i can hear like a truck going by i'm just not sure if you guys can hear that so I hope that doesn't distract you. So this also gets into, um, now that the schedule's getting ready to be put out officially, this kind of gets into your coaching stuff. So if you don't have the coaches that you wanna have, remember a couple weeks ago, I did like this dream staff brainstorming where we sat down and said, you know, list every support staff volunteer that you would like to have, list them all out. You know, it might be 25 people would be awesome, right? For, for a lot of us, having 25 volunteer support staff would be amazing. So determine how many of those are coaches. Determine if you need more coaches. Now's the time. You still have time to get any of those support coaches, um, position coaches, etc., cetera, um, in place. So if you don't have them, you can advertise on Facebook, like I talked about for jobs. If you go to your Facebook page for your team and you click on jobs, you can present a job to people on Facebook and it has intern options. So they know in advance that it's a unpaid position. And then if you are able to pay them later, then that's great. That's awesome. So, but the Schedule also starts to go into your coaching timeline for your coaches, your head coach and um, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. Um, they will start to, and the sooner you can get that to your coaches, the better. It's more important to get it to your coaches right now than it is to get it out to the public. Does that make sense? Because the coaches are doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff and working on playbooks, etc. So getting that information out to your coaches so that they can then, okay, this is the team we're doing first. This is the team we're going to second. Okay, we're home on this day. Um, and so they can kind of plan how they're going to introduce things and set up a schedule. Um, I'm not sure how all of your coaching staff does it or if you just kind of leave it to the coaching staff. But setting up a plan of the, the what you're going to do leading up in the pre-preseason and then the preseason um, and then getting closer to games, like how many weeks out are they going to start doing what? And, you know, if it's something that they're not going to face a certain team until week six, then they might not put that in in February or March, right? So, okay. So that goes with that. So I hope this has helped you out. We've talked about business planning and branding and, and that kind of thing for women's football already, but... I feel like the schedule kind of gets into your business plan, but also gets into what kind of other things that you're going to do. So up till now, we've talked about the tryouts. And on that note, okay, check it out. I want to share with you guys, I have a shout out for the main mayhem. Now, I know that there's other teams doing this, like kicking butt and taking names, right? There's a lot of teams in the WFA that are doing amazing but uh, Maine Mayhem was willing to share this information, okay? So 
they had their last tryout um, a couple about, I think it was about two weeks ago. And I don't know, I don't think they're doing any more. But when I say last tryout is the one before I'm talking. Uh, so the last tryout that they did, they had 40 new people. Okay, so this stuff is working, guys. This stuff is working. They are getting the players that they need. So um, a couple episodes ago, I talked about this and I've put it on the WFA page. Uh, we've, I did an article on it. If you are still worried about players or if you are not, if I were to give it a rough number, if you are not 25% above the number that you need, I would hold another tryout. I would start talking about it now. I would plan it out while while people are sitting at home on vacation all all this weekend. I mean, yeah, they're have and next, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, they're not doing Christmas Eve all the time. They're not opening presents all the time. They're not eating dinner all the time. They are on the internet, right? So they're checking on Facebook, looking at other people's posts. This week and weekend are a great time to set up. Um, the final tryout for your team. So if you were to announce it in the next two days, right, you could have it done the weekend of the 28th, 29th, 30th of January, or the first week, uh, I guess that would be like the 5th, 6th, 7th of January, something like that. I'm, I'm hoping I got my dates right because at this point, all the weeks are running together. Yes, so 5th, 6th, and 7th. So you could do one 28th, 29th, 30th, 5th, 6th, 7th, okay? And be able to get another tryout in with two weeks of advertising for it. Bam, you guys. I just, again, shout out to the main mayhem for 40 new girls at tryouts last week. Awesome. Okay, so... Again, getting back to that. So schedules out for the owners. Check your, any conflicts, issues, whatever. Let your coaches know what you're looking at. You don't have to tell them that this is the concrete thing, but they can start to use that to set up their playbook and their schedule of activities coming up over the next few weeks. I'm, I'm guessing it's not super important because we're not getting the actual plays for a while but um, I don't know how your coaching staff does it so um, you may want to get them that information sooner rather than later that is about all that I have for this I just wanted to share real quick <laughs> we are rocking and rolling in the WFA um, Shout out to the LA team and the Denver team. They were in a commercial for Adidas um, a couple weeks ago. That's going really, really great. And it's very important that we keep our sights on the prize. While we're promoting women's football, it's very important for the teams to stay on the up and up working towards a great product. So I really commend everybody's effort in providing a solid team, um, presenting a solid product to the community. And everybody's been doing really, really good to do that. Um, I've connected with several teams 
Um, I've made phone calls and connected with teams, asking questions, answering questions, um, just kind of seeing where everybody's at and what they need help with. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can do that either through the WFA owners page. Um, the coaches can reach out to me, players can reach out, whatever. Um, we will get you to the right person. We have the Women's Football Success radio show and the web pages. So if you go to www.supersmallbiz.com, that's where I do all my business consulting for super small businesses. I made women's football a couple pages on there. So you can click on women's football and it will share with you what women's football success is, what it means, what it does. And then there's free resources. There's links to different radio shows. Um, this is number 35 for December for 2018. Um, we should have one or two more in 2018, and then we will be ready, rocking and rolling for 2019. The Dallas Elite Women's uh, Radio Show will be starting up again. Um, we do that half, pretty much half year, a little bit over half year. Um, and then, of course, our connections with the, the radio and um, our promoters. So. Any questions you guys have, feel free to give me a call. I appreciate your time and your efforts, and we will talk to you later. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.